Welcome to the Cool Explorations podcast and radio program with your host, Tony Peters. I hope you'll enjoy today's segment. Welcome to Cool Explorations. I am your host, Tony Peters. Today we're going to be looking at early preaching in Jerusalem uh, from the book Acts by Dr. Alfred Martin. And uh, again, we'll stick pretty close to what he's got here. Um, as he's got some good stuff uh, for us to really learn and to take from this. It's following the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit continued to use the apostles and other believers in Jerusalem. The promise of the Lord Jesus uh, in Acts 1.8 was continuing to be fulfilled. uh, And we can read this from the testimony right in Acts. And that is, and with great power, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Uh, and that is um, actually from Acts 4.33. Uh, and that is, like I said, the continuing promise of Acts 1.8. And the book of Acts, by its very nature, it is crammed full of action. It has so much in this book. Uh, and so much to learn and carry from it uh, that it's really hard to kind of put it into such a small box uh, as as these various chapters do. But uh, it is important that we do so in order to try and understand Acts and unpack Acts so that we can apply it to our Christian lives and really help us get active in our faith through the book of Acts because that's what it is all about is getting active and showing us and teaching us how we can get active in our faith. Uh, And the book of Acts, by its very nature, uh, not only is crammed full of action, but has stirring events that are meant to get the crowd active. And these events are just packed one after the other uh, without any seeming let up. Uh, And chapters three to five continues that story of the early preaching in Jerusalem uh, and they're no exception uh, to that rule of packing in events and and action. Uh, one example is the far-reaching results of the miracles of the healing of the lame man uh, that we saw uh, and this miracle is recorded in Acts uh, and it was performed by God as evidence of the truth of the witness given by the believers god confirmed the word with signs of following and that's mark 16 20. Uh, as we read these chapters of acts we need to allow ourselves to be caught up in the marvelous excitement of those days so we can get excited about our faith excited about sharing it with other people even in a time when people and for the most part they really don't want to hear it And as we read these chapters of Acts, we need to allow ourselves to be caught up in the marvelous excitement. As Paul was to say much later to Agrippa, this thing was not done in a corner, and that's Acts 26.26. The events were all public, and they became public knowledge. In the face of the evident power of God, no one could remain neutral for long. And the amazement of the populace soon gave way to the belief on the part of many 
uh, and opposition on the part of others. And we see that same divide throughout history, and even today we see that same divide, where many want to believe and others just want to oppose it and throw it down. Uh, and the rulers were particularly troubled about the fast-moving events because they recognized that their prestige and influence were threatened. They might lose power. And consequently, they lost no time after the healing of the lame man at the beautiful gate and Peter's words to the crowd in taking Peter and John into custody. Such as I give, I, um, such as I give you, such as I give I you, sorry, said Peter, it's very weirdly worded um, in that thing, uh, said Peter to the lame man, um, Acts 3, 6, we cannot give what we do not have. Often since then, the church has lacked the power to do for men what men cannot do for themselves. Uh, and as this lack comes from failure to depend upon the risen Lord Jesus who has sent the Holy Spirit to give power, and we see that power being given, uh, and whose name it's from, in Acts 3.6, uh, when Peter says, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So the power Peter is making clear as he speaks to the people uh, that he and John have uh, is no power on their own. It's power that they're getting from Jesus Christ. That's who the power is coming from. That's how they're able to heal the lame man, is Jesus Christ is giving them that power. And his name, through faith and in his name, has made this man strong. Acts 3.16 That the man had been lame and that he, now he could walk could not be denied by anyone. The only thing the leaders could do to stop the testimony was try and suppress it by force, since they could not successfully refute it. Everybody had seen it. Just as Peter had preached Christ before the multitude, so he now proclaimed him before the Sanhedrin, the council of religious leaders, showing from Psalm 118 that this one was the stone rejected by them, the builders, but exalted by God to be the head of the corner, or the cornerstone. Uh, Acts 4.11 Christ declared Peter, um, Christ declared Peter is the only Savior. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Acts 4.12 the unbelieving religious leaders commanded silence. But when God says, speak, and the man says, be silent, God's servants have no choice but to speak. And we can see this in Acts 4, 19-20, and compare it to Acts 5, 28-29. And that is such a symbolic thing for us today. People are going to tell us, be silent. They're going to say, don't speak my name or don't speak God's name, don't tell us about God. But it's our responsibility to be like, no, this is what God has to say. I will not be silenced. And our governments are going to try and silence us. It's going to get worse. But we must remain strong and faithful, and we must 
continue to rise our raise our voices for the Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit. As the company of believers received Peter and John after their release, they praised God. And they were quoting from Psalm 2. And they prayed for boldness to speak for Christ. God answered their prayer in Acts 4.31. And the promise of the Lord Jesus continued to be fulfilled. They were the recipients of power through the Holy Spirit of God. With their endowment of power by the Holy Spirit, they also received a oneness that led to their sharing with others all that they had. Many have spoken of this situation in the early church as an ancient form of communism. Uh, It bears no relation to Marxist communism, which is atheistic and materialistic. There was no compulsion about what the believers did. Their actions were the outflow of Christian love. And Marxism is not about love. Not at all is communism about love. They did not demand that others share with them, as communists ordinarily do. They joyfully shared with others. There is no indication that any believer was obligated to turn in all his possessions to the apostles. Great grace was upon them all. And that's Acts 4.33. Each man who brought his property to the apostles did so from the inner prompting of the Spirit of God. And the sin of Ananias and Sapphira was not in withholding that which was theirs. It was in pretending that they gave it all. When they had only actually given a part. So they lied. They tried to deceive God. They tried to deceive the apostles. And the genuine benevolence has its counterfeits. Ananias and his wife apparently wanted to keep part of the property for their own use, while at the same time gaining a reputation among the believers for total commitment of person and possession. They could have just given a part Again, they were not forced to give everything. They could have just given a part, but they wanted the pride and recognition of saying, oh, I I gave it all. I'm fully committed to this. I gave it all. And it was a lie. That was the sin, was the lying to God and lying to the apostles and the deception. And at this point, we first hear of Barnabas in Acts 4.36. And he figures prominently later in the record. Uh, Here at the beginning, he shows by his actions that character which is evident throughout that he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And that's Acts 11.24. This man was filled with the Holy Spirit and is in direct contrast to the hypocrites Ananias and Sapphira who lied to the Holy Spirit, Acts 5.3. The judgment from God that fell upon this couple brought fear to the church and no doubt deterred others from similar sinful acts of deception. This is reminiscent of the sin of Achan in the early days of the nation of Israel that we saw in Joshua 7, 1-26. And you can take a look at that chapter um, to see that reference. As the preaching of the gospel continued, God continued to give evidence of the truth 
of the message by miraculous signs, and that's Acts 5, 12 to 16. The result was a rapid increase in the number of believers and great excitement in Jerusalem. And such events could not go unnoticed by religious believers. The high priest and others of the Sanhedrin party brought about the arrest of the apostles. We can imagine the consternation of these frantic men when they were told that the ones whom they had put in prison were no longer there, although the doors were shut and the watchmen on guard. How incredulous they must have been to be told a little later that the elusive apostles were publicly preaching in the temple courts. These religious leaders could not admit that God was working in and through the apostles. They did not know and would not have admitted it if they had known that an angel had opened the prison door. As sometimes happens in the store in the history uh, of this mad world, the ordinary crowd uh, had more sense than the leaders. The people at least recognized that God was somehow involved in all the unusual things that had been occurring in Jerusalem. Consequently, the arresting officers had to bring the apostles this time without violence, Acts 5.26, for they feared the people lest they should have been stoned. And we need to have the same confidence as what they do when we go out. It doesn't matter if we get arrested um, because it's coming. We're going to get arrested for our faith. There's already people like Art Pulowski, uh and Josh Alexander who have been arrested uh, for their faith here in Canada. And we're going to see a whole lot more of that happening. Uh, so there's also the example of uh, the man who was pro-life. Uh, he was also fa uh, falsely arrested uh, for his beliefs uh, by the by the government uh, and held uh, unrighteously. And the Lord Jesus Christ clearly commanded obedience to the state in its power sphere when he said, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. Matthew 22, 21. When Caesar comes into conflict with God, Caesar must yield. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Acts 5.29 In other words, the government does not have the authority to silence our religious views. We are to be vocal about our faith. There is sometimes such a thing as a natural bravado. Even at times, a native heroism is in the face of danger. But this was a supernatural boldness. This was the manifestation of the power given by the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power, the Lord Jesus has said, and you shall be witnesses unto me. Peter and his associate, uh, associates realized this. We are his witnesses to these things, they explain, and so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. And that's Acts 5.32. The response of the council was a murderous hatred that wanted to kill the apostles as they had killed the apostles' Lord. That's always the devil's response. It's He wants to d silence and destroy whatever the Lord 
wants to get out. He always wants to silence it. What the outcomes would have been, we cannot say, had it not been for the Council of Moderation given by one of their own number, uh, Gamaliel. I, I probably pronounced that wrong, name wrong. I'm terrible with these, uh, these older names. Uh, different reactions have been expressed by commentators about Gamaliel's advice. Whether he spoke from an awakening awareness of spiritual truth or whether, uh, as seems more likely, he was only voicing the worldly wisdom for which he was noted, his words had weight with the council. Let them alone, was the substance of his message. Let the results prove whether they are of God or not. It is doubtful that any of that number, including Gamaliel, uh, really believed that this preaching was from God. They evidently expected that the message would fade away, as other examples from Gamaliel cited had passed off the scene of history. But that is never the Lord's plan, and that is not what God wants. He wants to spread the word, and he is going to see that done. And no human can stop that spread. If God wants something spread, a message to be shared, it will be shared. It will be heard. But they could not quite leave them alone. They beat the apostles and commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go, Acts 5.40. And many people today see that same persecution where they are beaten, they are assaulted for their faith, they are arrested and tortured in prison, many are put to death for their faith. But that cannot stop the word of God. It cannot stop the love that we as Christians should have for other people, even so much as to love those who are persecuting us, love those who hate us, love those who mock us. We must love those who are still torturing us, who even put us and our religious or our faithful brothers to death. We still need to love those people. Richard Wormbrat is a great example of this, uh, loving the person who tortured him so much that that person came to faith, and ended up dying in the same prison as Richard Wurmbrand, and asking that Richard Wurmbrand be brought into the same cell as he was as he was dying, so that he could let Richard Wurmbrand know the effect that he had upon him. Now, we may not always know the effect that we have on other people, but that should not stop us from being faithful. That should not stop us from sharing the faith because we never know the impact that we might have. It's our job to plant the seeds that the Holy Spirit can take and water and create a soul harvest. We may never be a Billy Graham. Not all of us are called to be a Billy Graham, but we are called to share God's word nonetheless. And, you know, and that can take many forms, whether that's uh, singing at church or helping out your neighbor with, with something, uh, shoveling their walk, uh, cutting their grass. You know, there's lots of different things that you can do to share your love and to show your love. And when we look at the apostles and uh, the people of this time in Acts, 
They were so filled with the Holy Spirit, it could not be contained. And the rulers, who seemed to have so much power and thought that they were the guardians of truth, might well have trembled as the apostles left their presence. How could they hope to prevail against those who rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name and who daily ceased not to preach or teach and preach Jesus Christ. And that's Acts 5, 41 to 42. The chief priests were indeed fighting against God. And when you fight against God, God always wins. I'll give you that little tidbit right here. God always wins. And when we see the devil trying to turn anything for evil, God will turn it to good. God will make good prevail. And in these dark times, that is something we need to remember. Good will always prevail. Things are going to get dark. They're going to get bleak. It's predicted in the Bible. We don't know exactly when the Lord is coming. We do know he's coming. I myself believe it sooner rather than later, but none of us will know the time or the hour he's going to come like a thief in the night. It is not up to us to know the hour. It is up to us to remain faithful and faithfully preach and share God's word, share God's love, be examples to others, be a shining light for the faith and love that we have within us through the Holy Spirit, which was the gift that God gave us. Such a powerful and wonderful gift is the gift of the Holy Spirit that we might be blessed by the Holy Spirit, baptized in the name of Christ, publicly proclaiming that Jesus Christ is our Savior. He is the one who came here, the only one whose blood could be shed to set us free. And it is that love, that confidence, and that knowledge that we must share with other people, no matter what the cost, no matter what the consequences, we must share it with other people. We must does not matter who is persecuting us. Speak up for Christ. Be vocal. The Holy Spirit is a powerful force. So powerful, the Sanhedrin, that Caesar could not silence. And trust me, many Roman rulers tried to silence Christians. And many leaders over time have again tried to silence Christians. China is, and many parts of Africa are shining examples. Canada and the U.S. are now becoming shining examples of how the government wants to silence these Christian voices. In Canada, we have Bill C-11 that has tried to silence our voices. Bill C-11 is trying to censor the voices that the government does not like, and that includes us as Christians. I myself, my channel is under attack. I've had videos taken down. I'm having videos that are that are not being visible to other people. People are contacting me, telling me that they can't see my videos. And that is Bill C11, my friends. You can check us out on Spotify, who's not yet started doing that. You can check us out on, on BitChute, which is B-I-T chute.com. You can find my channel on there and you can find my channel on Rumble.
Uh, and those are good alternates because God provides ways for his message to get out even when the devil and when the government does not want that message to get out. And when we think of the circumstances under which early Christians lived and many Christians live today, they witness for the Lord Jesus still. And we can ask ourselves about our own testimony for him. We can share our testimony. That That's our love story. That that's, that's our story of how we relate to God and how God has impacted our lives and guided our lives. Our testimonies are strong. They're powerful. We can share the testimonies of that are given in the Bible of many people, like Paul, like Peter, like Stephen, who died, who we'll read of uh, next time. He died for his faith. And it's that confidence that we must have that even when threatened with death, we will not reject the message and the love of Jesus Christ. We will say, I boldly stand for Christ. You cannot silence me. I am not ashamed to be a Christian. I am not ashamed of the love that I have for you, despite the hate that you might be showing me. I do not hate you. I do love you. I disagree with you on many things, but that does not mean I hate you. I may not agree with your lifestyle choices. I may not agree with uh, many of the decisions that you've made in life, whether it's lying in prison or, or even murder, but I still love you because that is what Christ has called from us, or for us as Christians to do to love our enemy, to love those who would hate us and who would persecute us. Here in Canada, we had Bible burnings this past week. Um, that's something that uh, we have not seen very much of uh, in, in, this, in this country, but um, they openly burned Bibles and ripped them. And that was something that is detestable but we still love those who did it because what what our ultimate goal is the goal and mission set out by Jesus Christ is that we would share that love so that they may know that love as well and they may enter into the kingdom of God thank you for listening to the cool explorations podcast and radio program I hope that you've enjoyed today's segment and uh, I hope that you'll consider supporting us at uh, Cool Explorations on Patreon as well as uh, you can shoot me an email at tpeter745 at gmail.com if you'd like to support in other ways other than Patreon. <laughs>